And it's not about your name, rank, and serial number, right? It, when you say, who am I? That's not the question you're asking yourself. You're asking yourself, who am I being in this lifetime? What what, is, what am I standing for, right? Yeah. What, what is my meaning of being here? You know, there, there, there's a great line and it says that there are two days that are the most important days of your life. It's the day you're born and the day you find out why. Welcome to your next big project is you a podcast based around the theme of time. Time to be able to press pause on life. Time to reevaluate what's important. Time to reminisce about where you've come from, what you've learned and what you've accomplished. Time to revisit your goals, dreams and vision. And time to remember the people in your life. That's it, my friends. If you've got time, fasten your seatbelt and listen in as we discuss opportunities for the next five to 25 years of your life. And remember, your next big project is you. Welcome to our podcast. Your next big project is you. And I've got a special guest today that I've known for, I don't even want to say how long, it's going to age us both. We can't. Right? I'll just say it was through the savings banks era the crisis that hit us and things way back then way back my good friend dola sal is joining me today dola thank you so much for joining us you're so welcome leo you know an educator a lecturer an author you've done so much in your career and i've, I've known you over the years like she said have you heard from Dal uh, dola what is she up to these days and i say well she's she's doing now. Uh, executive coaching. She's doing transition planning. She's helping executives to figure out what the next phase in their life is and things like this. She's an author. She's doing a podcast. She's an energizer bunny. I can't uh, can't keep up with her and stuff. And finally, we, we caught up and I'm so happy to uh, have you here today. Um, Dola, let's just start with the journey, both the life and your career. Maybe that's a good place to start. And I'd love to get into your your, your current book and some of the key takeaways from that. But let's start with the journey. Yeah, so after uh, undergraduate school, I, I taught for a year because that was my degree, my undergraduate degree. And then I went back to my work before, when I was going to college, I worked for a bank. And I went back there because I felt that I really enjoyed that work. And so my banking career started and my teaching career kind of took a back seat. So that's how I got there. And then it sort of <laughs> evolved from there. And that's why I ended up in business and consulting because I, I, I really uh, enjoyed what I was doing. I was training all the time. So it right. Training, right. But um, it was a different um, mode. It wasn't with children. It was with adults and, you know, all that stuff. So it was it was fun. I really enjoyed my trajectory. Wow. So the whole career focus then, when you started doing some, call it what you, you can correct me on this exit planning or transitional planning or the executive coaching and stuff, uh, there had to be so many different challenges that people you were working with, trying to help them to maintain their probably sense of self-esteem and relevancy and where their core strengths were and what they need to do to move on. Tell us more about that stage of your career and some of the things you had to address and coach people through. 
Right. Well, um, there was a former colleague of mine from the banking uh, world, and she had gone into managing for DBM, which was Drake Moran, which is a human resource uh, company and an, an international company. And she called me because she said, you know, I know you do assessments. I know you were in the training uh, area. Do you want to come in and see if you want to coach some people uh, using assessments in their transition? And at the time, there was a lot of transition going on. I don't know if you remember, but, you know, there was either downsizing or whatever they call it, upsizing or whatever. Um, there was transition counseling all over the place. So when she asked me that, I thought, yeah, that sounds like a good fit. I had made a couple missteps after I left the bank, so I kind of was open to exploring and I joined Drake B. Moran at the time under her. And all I did was I started to do groups with mid-level managers doing groups, you know, talking about how to do redo your resume. What do you do? Right, right. Stuff, all that kind of stuff. And then that sort of evolved into the executive one-on-one -on -one coaching. And that involved a lot of assessment debriefing. And so I found my comfort level really on the one-on-one, -on -one. even though I enjoyed the groups. I really found the one-on-one -on -one counseling to be more suited to what I was, you know, enjoying the most out of that. So that's how I got into the industry. And then I just kind of stayed there. It evolved back and forth. And I really enjoyed speaking to people one-on-one -on -one and getting their a sensibility to help them with what not only what their next step was, but assessments lend themselves very well to in, an introspective moment. And perhaps for the first time in their lives, these people are taking a step back and looking objectively at where have I been? What have I been doing? And have I right. been in the right place? Right? You, yeah. you know many of those people, right? Right. You know? <clears throat> so that's where where I um where I started to get my, you know, um real schooling in that world and really enjoying it and staying there. So probably felt probably felt like being a business psychologist, didn't it? At times where I had to think that through the assessment process, and it's almost like opening up the zipper on someone's chest to figure out, I mean, really what's driving them today. Yeah. What's in your heart and soul, like you say, Leo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that had to be interesting where I'm sure you got, you know, some interesting stories or people unloading. Uh, and their emotions onto you, like almost like as a surrogate uh, psychologist. It's like, mm -hmm. I don't want a better way to say it. Like, no. Joel, help me. What are you, what are you hearing here? What do you think? Am I, mm -hmm. am I wrong? Did I screw up? Do I, am I capable of getting this? I'm starting to question myself, right? Exactly. It was so um, heartwarming to be able to help people in that regard, because one of my favorite subjects in college and high school actually started in high school, my senior year, um, was psychology. So I kind of was well suited to this uh, uh, idea of sitting one on one with someone and kind of delving deeper. And they were willing to go there. You know, they, they these big level executives that are making six figures were willing to talk to me about, you know, these tender subjects. That had to be mind blowing at times. Yeah. I'm sure over some of the tender subjects. I'm sure you got into marriage issues and fatherhood or motherhood or Everything. grandparent issues or raising, you know, just raising kids or all these other things around the business career. Exactly, that, things that matter to them. You know? Wow. Yeah. So over over the years, you so you start writing, uh -huh. you develop your own podcast. 
Uh, what were some of your key learnings from that? Before I get into your most current book project, uh, tell me about that uh, part of your career as well and some things you took away from that. Okay. I'm not sure what's going on. Oh, okay. I, I had to fix something. Um, you know, Leo, after 20 plus years speaking one-on-one -on -one to people and getting a sensibility about what people cared about, you know, in mass, I mean, obviously there are the nuances of the one-on-one -on -one, uh, situation that were not shared with other people, but by and large, the reason I even wrote the book is because after 20 plus years working with numerous executives in transition, and then all the people that were recommended or um, referred to me by friends, younger people who were between 16 and 36 that were either, you know, embarking on their future or kind of made a mistake and want to back off earlier rather than later. They don't want to be 40 and make this career decision. They want to correct, self-correct at 36. This is, you know, what happened. So after all of those conversations, I thought, you know, all of these very meaningful conversations need to be recorded. I need to really say something about this because what I get out of all these conversations is people are searching. They don't always know that they're searching, but ultimately we get into the nitty gritty of what is my life? What, what am I supposed to do with my life? You know, and I read so many books about that, that I wanted to share that and share it with my, you know, my clients. So mm. they, the book came out about, but, but yes, I, I loved um, the sharing that came from it, the openness, the vulnerability, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. Well, I've got a copy. I've got a copy of your book here. Your current one. It's all about you. Uh, responsible search for meaning. I love the, the, uh, the title. I love the, uh, the subtext here. Uh, this supports the the broader title of the book. Uh, tell us more, just a general overview of the book before I get into a, a few of the questions that you frame in the book yes. to get people thinking about things. Yes. Um, well, what got what got this over the finish line? <laughs> well, it was my persistence in getting it down in writing. You know, all these conversations had to be recorded in some way, shape, or form. And I found the easiest way to do it is just to share what was gleaned from those meaningful conversations. Meaningful to me and meaningful to them because they were making daunting decisions based on some of the discussions we had about the results of their assessments, about their time in their lives, about what money and career meant has meant to them up to this point, what they've maybe sacrificed for uh, money and career, um, the necessities of life, you know, having to raise kids, pay a mortgage, get them through college, you know, all the realities and sort of the, you know, the push and pull of those kinds of decisions. So I felt, you know, let me just write about this. Let me get it out of me because I want to share it with other people. And I thought, and I've received good feedback because people have said, yeah, I do think about those things. I yeah. It, that we all have considered those questions. <laughs> you know, and that's the, the important thing is starting with yourself, right? You had to get it out of you first. You got to right. answer the questions for yourself. That's right. Because yeah. the, the more you can do that to practice what you preach, well, that's you, you can help people that you're coaching. You can help other readers. You can just talk through these things with a whole different level of credibility and authenticity. That's what you, that's what you bring to the table with the book. 
Oh, thank you, Leo. Well, you know what? I, it's interesting that you say that because <clears throat> I guess I was facing during those millions of conversations that I was in the right place, but I didn't even know that. I wasn't yeah. even consciously aware that I was in the right place, but my place is in helping others make good decisions about their lives. That's my place. That's what yeah. I, you know, I, I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the formalized way of defining that is, is that's your value proposition or unique value proposition that you're helping other people to get to a better place than they're in right now. That's, that's a great, as we would call it a UVP in my world of helping people answer the question, Dola, what do you do? I help people get to a better place, right? Yes, I do. Well, you, you do that. As I was going through the book, there were five specific questions that you really get readers to think through. Maybe we can do a minute or so on each of these questions. Okay. The first question that hit me is when you talk about, just answer the question, who am I? Who am I? <laughs> uh, in this existence. Right. Say more. Where, where are you trying to take the reader there? I wanted them to understand it's not about your name, rank, and serial number, right? It, when you say, who am I? That's not the question you're asking yourself. You're asking yourself, who am I being in this lifetime? What what, is, what am I standing for, right? Yeah. What, what is my meaning of being here? You know, there, there, there's a great line and it says, that there are two days that are the most important days of your life. It's the day you're born and the day you find out why. And I think mm. underlying in the whole uh, context of these questions. So wow. The next question was, um, why am I here? Why am I here? Why, again, why am I here? Again, you know, who am I and why am I here? You know, those are questions we actually some at some point or some you jump in that introspective moment that we have with ourselves. Sometimes it takes, you know, meditation and, uh, you know, there's all kinds of ways to get there. But we say that to ourselves, you know, Carolyn Miss writes a lot of good books about this is she says there's a hole in the universe where you were supposed to be if you don't do it. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like, why am I here? What is my purpose? So that's, you know, and some of us are lucky. Um, Leo, I think you're one of the lucky ones because I think you found your passion early in life you are really in the right place from the beginning of your career. It appears to me, it just has escalated since. But some of us are in the wrong place and we have to get out of there and make the right decisions for ourselves. And sometimes they're difficult. It's, it's interesting, Dola, just building on that. Mm -hmm. When you find the answers to who am I and why am I here, the answer to that proposition, let's say, yeah of I'm here to help people to be the best version of themselves or whatever. It's almost like that life mission statement. The light bulb, like the light behind me, goes off at a higher level. It, right. it's, there's a there's another um, expression I've heard, for he to enkindle another, he himself must glow. Yeah. And, and you glow. You oh, glow. Thank you. So do you. Yeah. I mean, and you're helping others. Yeah. The, that light bulb is within you and others can feel it to do this. That, that third question you ask, what should I and must I do? Yeah. Say that, please. Again, uh, you know, some people, they can't help it. They have to do this, right? They From their time they were 10 years old, they knew they wanted to be an artist. From the time they were five, they were singing. Whatever. Some people are lucky enough to have that passion early on and understand it and know it and pursue it. God bless them. Some of us take a little longer, you know, what should I do with my life? 
What must I do with my life? Is there a must for me? Do I have a passion? It is said that everybody has a passion. It's your job to find out why, you know, what that is. Well, or not why, but what that is, what that passion is. It's, um, I have another good saying where it says that um, the day we were born is uh, it, it, uh, our lives are God's gift to us. And what we do with our lives are our gifts to God. So I kind of like that. I like that that resonates. Yeah. You, know? you know, that it's funny, that third question, what should I and must I do? I didn't realize it. I know yeah. you see me do this for this oxygen mask. Oh. I didn't fully realize it till I had an oxygen mask on and I was on a descending flight. Mm -hmm. Looking out of a window thinking that my life could have been over in five minutes. Yeah. You know, as we lose air compression at 27,000 feet. Right. But what must I do? What, what should I do? That you haven't done. It became so apparent to me, like it was the only thing I needed to do once I safely got off that damn flight. Yeah. And you did it. And you got to have people, I, I think, believe through the book. They don't need to go that type. They don't need to experience that type of scenario they can read the book and with the prompting from the questions, maybe come to grips with what they should and must do yes. to do this. So I applaud you for the, the role that you're taking here. The fourth question, am I working with a with a predetermined lifespan? Where yeah. are you going with that? You know, that's a philosophical question. You know, some people believe we are predetermined, you know, our, our entry and our exit dates are predetermined that somewhere, you know, there's this notion that you come in this day and you're leaving this day no matter what you know you might be 20 you might be 80 but you're leaving and yeah. I don't know that's a question that we will never have answered right Leo we will never know if it's predetermined we just know that every day should matter that's what we know so that's the takeaway every day should matter right it's really right now every every second should matter absolutely we, we really can't take anything for granted I mean you, you just get a two by four hit some days so where where the heck did this come from? I wasn't expecting this day when you hear about losing a loved one or yeah, somebody being injured or you know life's changing to you know black swan events happening in their life, health, mm -hmm. illnesses, you know, associated with that, divorces, separations, uh, being laid off. As we there's so many black swan events that impact us every second matters. Yep. So the last question, what will it mean in the end? Yeah, that's the legacy question, right? Of the subject. Yeah. Um, what what have you done that has made an impact on anyone, including yourself? What have you done? What has your life meant? In the, whether you're here for 20 years or 80 years, what have you done that means something? Because at the end of the day, we want things to mean something. We want everything that we stood for to be either have helped somebody helped ourselves or meant something somewhere along the way, you know, yeah. whether we're doing it philanthropically or whatever we do, it has to be helpful to the universe, you know, in some way to one person, 30 people, the universe. You know, it doesn't matter. Dole, I applaud you. These questions are so important for anyone to answer. Yeah. Really. And I, I know as we get older, we've yeah. got a little bit more well of life learnings and wisdom and insight and perspective and philosophies. It's easier to answer some, <laughs> but we should never take it for granted. 
We should never take it for granted. And one of the other phrases I'm reading from your book here in the back cover, you said you take a transcendental yet existential view Mm -hmm. of our time here from our entry to our exit. That's really a a way to capsulize, isn't it? Those five questions, what you're saying on the back of the book here. It is. Yeah. Because it's the realistic, you know, the day-to-day realism of our lives. But yet this sort of like, you know, ethereal sensibility about our spiritual lives. You know, I, I believe that we are spirits having a human experience, bottom line. That's what I believe, right? So make it make it count, you know, make it count. And I, I believe that, you know, we can look at the day-to-day and the tangible stuff of our lives, but there is this overarching um, you know, need to be meaningful, which is more ethereal. It's more, it's more metaphysical. It's kind of out there somewhere that we can't touch that, but yeah. we feel it. We feel it. And that's why I love emotional intelligence so much because it it t- sort of taps into that, you know, sort of, um, you know, the feelings part of life. And that's, yeah. that's what I feel is transcendental reconnecting with you after many years of going down a different lane each of us or even though i heard pathway that. different highway we're we're kind of circling each other's careers no. living about 10 minutes from each other for many many years yeah. and seeing you again it quite honestly felt like my a soul sister returned to my life me too yeah someone someone whose emotional intelligence whose search for meaning, whose quest to helping other people to be their best. Uh, I found a soul sister. She, she, we came back after years of, uh, in our 20s, quite honestly, mid-20s to late 20s, when we were first trying to find our way in the corporate world. And now to the point where we found our way and helping others to find their way. Exactly. Exactly. To do this, what a, what a, what an interesting turn of events! How huh? the way the uh, the clock is ticked for both of us. You know, there are thing. no accidents, Leo. There are no. Yeah, accidents. there are no accidents. Yeah, there are no accidents. You know, the uh, I'll finish with this. You've been uh, you've been a part now of, of my newest work, which touches my heart and soul. The sabbatical experience, and it's it's so nice to have you experience yeah. work we're doing around seven key elements that really are kissing cousins to the way you talk about it. Uh, Living a life of significance, leaving a life with no regrets, uh, living a life with no regrets, living a life with abundance, time, talent, treasure, how we can give of ourselves to others, living a life with gratitude, Thanksgiving every day of our life, living a life with perspective, increasing our sensitivity, uh, the quest to be our best and ultimately not to leave a legacy, but to live it right yeah. now Literally. so it's got meaning in our life every second right you mean it when you think about these we you know i was you're introducing me to your work i'm introducing you to my work what's your what's your take on the alignment of oh my gosh of how it's all coming together here for the two of us in our work and yeah Where's your where's your head on this thinking as we end today it's incredibly synergistic to me leo and what I got so far from, from the, the sabbatical experience is that 
people, here they are, these very, you know, successful corporate people, and they are within short order being brought into this environment to share such intimacies that, you know, are so, are so inspirational because you can see that they're willing to be vulnerable. They're willing to be authentic. And so that tells me that if these folks are willing to do this, then can you imagine all of the, I mean, I think this is a course for everyone. I, I don't think anyone is segmented from this, uh, from this type of um, sabbatical experience. It's everybody, no matter how old they are. I mean, the earlier, the better. But hey, if you're ready to retire, you've, you're facing these questions. You know you are. So uh, your sabbatical experience and my work with all these folks coming, you know, uh, uh, culminating in this book it, are so synergistic. I, I, I couldn't be more related to you right yeah. if yeah. I was related to you. <laughs> well, remember when you were doing the group work before you started doing the individual coaching? Yes. And I was concerned, would people be open-minded with each other, especially from the same company? Would we have to customize the experience of talking about significance to legacy? And boy, did I get a shot in the arm no. when people said, no, you don't need to. Just you're making us the best version of ourselves, right? Yeah. Making us the best version of ourselves will make us the best leader, manager, coach within our organization to do this. Who would have thought you and I would hear someone open up to his peers about a daughter being bullied at a swim meet or about one of the individuals who said that he was told that he wouldn't live past 50 years old. And he's been working with some of these people for over two decades, right. how they collectively threw their arms around this individual. Yeah. Say, I never knew this about you. No. And it's, it's interesting when you create the right setting and when you, facilitate and get people to be feeling free in that they can be vulnerable and they can speak from their heart and their soul, the magic takes off to a whole nother level. And then the introspection individually goes to a whole nother way of thinking. Absolutely. And they've said that. They've said they, they've gone home and had discussions with their wives and their children. <laughs> I mean, Crazy. I'm like, yes, it is. My bag. So inspirational, though. Well, hey, listen. How can how can someone get a hold of this? Oh, just Amazon. It's there, Amazon. Just on Amazon. So to check out Dola, there we are. D o l a h. S a l e h. It's all about you. A responsible search for meaning. I highly recommend it, and you should get a copy. And <laughs> what can I say to my soul sister here? What a sincere. We are. Thank you. For You're being welcome. there in my life, being there as someone who's inspired me, who's made me think differently and to reinforce my own thinking for my work. I thank you for that friendship and the gift that you're giving me. Thank much, you. much appreciated. Very Thanks, Joel. Thanks for joining us today. You're welcome. Bye. Thank you. Bye.